Busiest time of the year for baseball, folks. The Futures games this Saturday, we're a week away from the MLB draft, and the trade deadline's the 1st of August. Let's get into your questions about some prospects that we may see move to the deadline, the future game rosters, and a couple of guys that are unheralded or unranked in their systems, but having themselves a year. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. So features game rosters were released. About 10 people sent me emails or DMs or texts saying, hey, are you going to talk about this on the show? So I got to be honest, I don't have the bandwidth this week for an entire show on the Futures game. Uh, I really wish I did. With the draft coming up, I've got some crossovers scheduled for people, uh, draft prep to do, things like that. I just don't have it in me. We're going to get a segment here. We're going to talk about the National League, the American League, some of the noteworthy stuff on the rosters, some of the questions I have about these picks, because some of these picks are not good picks, folks. Uh, and then we're going to go on to your questions. So, uh, overall, overall, I like the National League's catchers and outfield. I like the American League's infield and pitchers. So, break them down one at a time, I guess. Uh, National League, looking over this, first thing that stands out to me is these these catchers. Francisco Alvarez of the Mets, Diego Cartaya the Dodgers, Henry Davis of the Pirates, and Logan O'Hop of the Phillies. Okay, one, I don't think you need four catchers. That's a lot of catchers. But, holy cow, is that a stacked lineup of catchers. Let's compare that to the American League, okay? So the American League, Yanir Diaz, Astros. We like Yanir Diaz. We talked last week about he might be on the short. He's, he's one of the finalists for favorite prospect of the pod. We talked about this. Dylan Dingler of the Tigers, Shea Langoliers of the Athletics. Um, fine list. Those are three fine catchers. The National League blows them out of the water. National League, by far, those catchers are much better. Just offensively, uh, overall potential, I think. Uh, National League outfielders. And here's where I'm actually surprised you carried four catchers and only five outfielders. I figured it'd be three and six. But Corbin Carroll, the D-backs. Jackson Shurio, the Brewers. Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs. Robert Hassel of the Padres and Zach Veen of the Rockies. Woo boy, is that an outfield. Golly, that is a really, really good outfield. Here's what the American League had, okay? Denzel Clark of the A's. Stunned the A's had two guys in this thing. Oscar Colas of the White Sox. Jason Dominguez of the Yankees. We've talked about this. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show for more about this, but I'm not a believer in Jason Dominguez like everybody else is. George Valera of the Guardians, Matt Walner of the Twins. Fine outfield. The National League has that outfield smoked, okay? But flip side is you look at the infield and you can make a case that the American League infield is much better. So here's a National League infield. Darren Baker of the Nationals. We're going to get to him in a minute. 
Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds, love it. Ezekiel Tovar of the Rockies, love it. Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers, okay. David Villar of the Giants, Jordan Walker of the Cardinals, and Mason Wynn of the Cardinals. That's a good infield, right? Okay, that's that's good. I love Ellie De La Cruz. I love Tovar. He's hurt right now, but look, that's a good infield. Okay. American League. Prospect of the pod, Gunnar Henderson. Love it. Curtis Mead of the Rays was just promoted from AA to AAA. We were there at the last AA game he played before he got promoted. Jawinski Noel of the Guardians. Nick Prado of the Royals. They promoted Vinny P, and they still had a dude good enough to make the minor league all-star game. Sedane Raffaello, the Red Sox. We talked about him the other day. Spencer Steer of the Twins. Spencer Steer is almost here, folks. And Anthony Volpe of the Yankees. Talked about him last Friday. We'll talk about him um, on tomorrow's show with Stacey Consulius and Locked on Yankees. But that is a very good infield. And I think that infield is better than the National League infield. Um, the pitchers is where it gets really interesting. Because it's, 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 I mean, you're, you're splitting hairs when you get to the, to the pitchers here. But here we go. Uh, Nat, I, I like the American League better. But here's what the National League has in there. Um, Andrew Abbott of the Reds. We don't talk enough about Andrew Abbott. I think Andrew Abbott's probably one of the more underrated players in this game. Mike Burrows of the Pirates. Cade Cavalli of the Nationals. Kyle Harrison of the Giants. Antoine Kelly of the Brewers. Bobby Miller of the Dodgers. Eric Miller of the Phillies. Yuri Perez of the Marlins. Can we talk about Yuri Perez making the Futures game at 19 years old? Because I think we should talk about Yuri Perez making the... Uh, futures game at 19 years old. That's amazing. Not a double A. And Jared Schuster of the Braves. Not a bad pitching staff. That's a good pitching staff. Yuri Perez, Kate Cavelli, Andrew Abbott. That's a good pitching staff. Listen to this um, American League. Brian Bellow of the Red Sox may not be eligible to play because I think he's on the big league team still. He, he stayed up after his, his, his start to get one more turn through at least. Taj Bradley of the Rays. Ooh, boy. Hunter Brown of the Astros. Kai Bush of the Angels, Wilmore Flores of the Tigers, Emerson Hancock of the Mariners, Jack Leiter of the Rangers, Ricky Tiedemann of the Blue Jays, Ken Waldachuk of the Yankees. That's my favorite pitcher in their system. Yosver Zuzuleta. I said that wrong. Zuleta of the Blue Jays. That's a really good pitching staff. I like the American League pitching staff more. feel like they've got better swing and miss stuff, and they're just a little more savages overall. Here's some of the okay, here's some of the criticisms I have. There's probably there's about three or three or four of these criticisms that I have. Number one, I mentioned we'd get to him. Darren Baker is not a prospect. Darren Baker is just a baseball player that is fast. He's not a he's not a, a big name prospect. If this is the like stars of the future, I don't know why he's here. Now I say that he's gonna play the whole dang game because he's the only second baseman in the National League infield. But He's not, he's not a prospect at this point. I don't understand why he's on here. Anyway, um, the American League pitch, I mean, Tiedemann, Bradley, Waldachuk, wow. Um, Jack Leiter, big name, right? And some of these guys are picked because they're names, big names. Statistically, he's not having a great year in AA Frisco. For being as polished as he was out of college and kind of understanding where he should have been control and command-wise, Having a 5-3 a ERA with a walk rate over 12% is not what we expected and probably, if we're being honest, not worthy of inclusion in the, in the Futures game. He's a big name, 
But like, if we're being completely honest, I can kind of see that being swapped out. Okay. Um, Mike Burrows is an odd pick for pitcher for the Pirates. I think if you're gonna do a if you're gonna do a a Pirates pitcher, I'd have done Quinn Priester. I think part of I'm I'm assuming part of the reason is Quinn just came back from the oblique strain, and so either uh, the organization or him was trying to be cautious and didn't wasn't in the game. But if you're gonna go and put lighter in despite his stats, then I think you can put Priester in despite his stats over Burroughs because Priester's the much bigger prospect. Talking about much bigger prospects, same thing. Eric Miller of the Phillies. I'd have put in like a Mick Abel or something. I'd have put, I, I would have put in one of the young stud pitchers over a guy like uh, Eric Miller. Nothing against Eric Miller, but I think like the first round pick from last year, people would have wanted to see Mick Abel. So kind of odd there. A little bit of, you know, a little bit of odd stuff here, but still, overall, great lineups on both sides. Again, I like the National League catchers and outfield more. I like the American League infield and pitching staff more. Uh, but either way, going to be a great game. That'll be Saturday, so stay tuned. Like I said, I'm probably going to either be live-tweeting the game or maybe even go live during the game. I'm not quite sure. It's a lot of stuff going on this week. Because uh, it's a week leading up to the draft. And in just a minute, I do want to get to some questions you guys have. Uh, these are Twitter questions about some lesser heralded guys in the system that may or may not be parts of deals in the next um, couple weeks as we get to the trade deadline. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at, at Athletic Greens. They have a product I use literally every single day. I start taking AG1 because I have an... Uh, I have a dietary restriction. I, I'm celiac, so I can't eat gluten. It's not just like a preference thing. It's like an allergy thing. I can't do it. So be, but because of the way celiac works and how it uh, messes up your absorption of nutrients in your intestines, I've always had to take a bunch of like vitamins and minerals and supplements and stuff like that. And I've been able to replace a lot of that stuff with AG1. It's like with one scoop, gets you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics. And so I wake up first thing in the morning. I grab a little shaker cup that they sent me. It's one scoop of it, 8 to 10 ounces of cold water. Shake it up. I just chug it real quick over the sink, rinse the cup out, and then wait about 30 minutes before I have my coffee because I know what caffeine can do to the absorption of nutrients and things like that. Costs less than $3 a day, significantly cheaper than buying all of those vitamins and things on their own. Um, Something that I've just noticed, and it's good for you. It's, for me, love that it's gluten-free, but it's also dairy-free, vegan, paleo, keto. Like, it works for all of those different life dietary lifestyles you may have. Uh, so, um, it, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So questions from you guys on Twitter. Uh, it's something we do. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. If you want to email us, we have some of those in here as well. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Uh, first one comes from Jeff on Twitter. He sent me two guys he wanted to know about. 
uh, Marlins lefty Dax Fulton, and Rays righty Nick Bitsko. B-I-T-S-K-O. Bitsko? Bitsko. Okay, so Dax Fulton, 6'6", 230. It's a second rounder in 2020 um, out of high school, like Oklahoma, I think. Um, big, big boy. Back in, I mean, he's a, probably profiles as a back-end starter to like a middle relief bullpen arm, and I'll explain why. Um, so this year, he's in high A right now. Um, they, you know, started off in low A last year, went to high A for like five games, and now he's in high A. Been there 14 games so far. Two and six record on the year, five one eight ERA. Not necessarily concerned about that. 66 innings pitched, 87 strikeouts to 23 walks. So interesting scenario because he had TJ his senior year of high school and then uh, didn't debut until 2021 because of no league, being hurt, all that stuff. Uh, fastball is really good, 93 to 96. He's got that, uh, he's got a good depth and bite to his curveball. It's one of the better ones in the Marlins system. It's not a strict 12 to 6. It's more like a 1 to 7. Um, if I could, if I, if I could just make a minor change, I would try to get it a little more vertical because I think a 12 to 6 fastball is a really good weapon against both lefties and righties. But the big thing here, the deciding factor on what Dax Fulton ends up being able to be at the big league level, is going to be the changeup. So the issue he has, and, he, and he's, been, he's been working on this quite a bit. From what I understand, he's used uh, the high-speed cameras. He's trying to find a changeup that can do, get, get him both enough movement on the pitch so that he has a weapon, like a handedness weapon, as well as enough velocity separation off the fastball. So... Stats aren't great this year as far as walks. I mean, three walks, 3.14 walks per nine. ERA is inflated, and it's because he's working and trying to find that change. I'm not too concerned with the results. I'm concerned with the process. And I think if he can find that third, if he can find that changeup, if he can get that changeup to separate off the fastball, to move like he needs it to move, uh, I think that he's gonna be a number four, number five for you. He's got the frame to pick to to throw a lot of innings, and to really just um, be a weapon for you. The question is, can he get there? Can he get the change there? And and when you look at a lot of his extended numbers, I mean, he's been working his way back. Worked his way back last year. He's you know he's he's getting. He looks like he's closer to a hundred percent now. Like that, like I said, that curveball's back to being one of the best in the system. It's just continue to develop the change. Work on the change. Get it to do better. Uh, get it to, to move more. Get it to slow down a little bit. Uh, and I think that's a deciding factor. The other guy, right-hand pitcher Nick Bitsko. And this is the tough one, okay? 6'4", 225, 2020 first rounder out of high school as well. Um, lost 2020 to the pandemic. Lost 2021 for labrum surgery. So he debuted this year in the complex league. And he only threw 33 innings in high school. Uh, if I remember the situation here, he was the top-ranked prep player in the 2021 draft class. He reclassified so that he would be in the 2020 draft. He was going to enroll early at Virginia. And then COVID came in, wiped out the whole year. So a lot of teams didn't have all their looks in at him yet because he was on the boards to be a next-year guy. Uh, and he's somebody that, like, he didn't throw a pitch in 2020. 
They hadn't his team hadn't started play yet when the year got canceled in March. So and he only threw like 33 innings in high school. He is as raw as you could possibly imagine. He's thrown eight innings across five appearances, five starts at the complex league this year. I'm gonna mention his stats. Don't take put anything to them. 11.25 ERA, 11 walks to nine strikeouts. He had labrum surgery last year. That kind of explains why he 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 he's coming off of a major injury after coming off a year layoff. Toolsy kid, tons of tools there. I mean, but honestly, there's just no way to project anything at all on Nick Bisco at this point. Like you need to see him get healthy, one. And then two, you just need to see him throw innings so that you know what's there. I mean, you know what he had in high school. He had a fastball that looked like it could be plus 95, 96. He had a power curveball, a ton of spin to it. And then you didn't really see much of a changeup. He didn't have a chance to work on it. He only threw 33 innings in high school. I mean, you just, you just need more from him. You need to see more. You need him to have more opportunities to do stuff. So... Uh, I really can't give a projection right now. I, I just, there's, there's nothing there. We, we really, he has 41 innings from high, between high school and the pros. Nothing we can do here. Uh, throw some more. I plan to get a couple looks at him when I can. Um, you know, just trying to get feed video from a complex league kind of thing. Uh, so hopefully I can give you more about him a little later in the season, but I just don't have a whole lot to look off of, a whole lot to to judge him off of. And honestly, I wouldn't want to judge a kid off of eight innings anyway. So give him some time. Let's let him throw some more and then see what he looks like a little bit later in the year. Uh, Barry, via email, had a question about um, Luis Santana of the Astros, second baseman. Said, you know, he's been having, um, like he had a heater of a month in June and there's got to be more to him than meets the eye. He's not even... Um, on top 30 lists. And so like, what can you tell us about Luis Santana? I'm like, okay. So uh, Luis Santana, international free agent, um, signed by the Mets in 2016, was traded in 2019 in the J.D. Davis deal. Uh, None of the guys that were traded to the Astros have really worked out in that. He actually fell out of the prospect rankings in um, coming out of the pandemic. Uh, Smaller guy, 5'8", 175, kind of a short king. Apparently he was a baseball and a uh, a baseball player and a boxer in the Dominican. So physicality is there, but doesn't have a ton of power. Um, what is it? 321 career games in the minors. And this goes back to the DSL. So I mean, I'm including the DSL in 2016. Uh, he hit 20 home runs and 321 career games. His career slugging in baseball is 416. So he's got, he, he, he's, he can put the ball out there. He can get extra bases. He's just not clearing the fence a lot. Uh, what he does have, he's an absolute spark plug. He plays like his hair is on fire. Very good contact ability, like plus hitting as far as contact ability. And I mean, and Barry's right. In June, absolute heater. 417, 451, 595. Two of his 20 career home runs have come in the month of June. Um, he has five this year in high A Asheville. So when you look at what he's done, he's like, from high A last year to high A this year. Um, he's raised his batting average 50 points. He's raised his on-base percentage 40 points. He's raised his slugging 20 points to 414. So kind of back in line with where he was when he was playing in the Dominican and the Complex League for the Mets. Uh, reliable defender at second base. 
Average arm, hands are good. Uh, to me, it just feels like the power is so low that I don't know if he's ever going to beat MLB regular. Um, it's something where there's like there's nothing really to project. I mean, he's he's 23 years old, or he turns 23 uh, in like two weeks. So for the most part, his physical development's done. He is what he is. He's obviously like he's Rule Five eligible as well. So you've got that concern to look at. Uh, somebody who I think there's a place on a big league roster for him, as as good as his contact ability is, if he can continue, if he can put up a slash line of a 280, 340, 420, something like that, he's going to continue to climb through the minors. But he honestly, I mean, I feel like he's more of an organizational guy. Uh, but I absolutely would love to see him make it and make it to the big leagues. I, I would, I'd, I'd be thrilled if that happened. Um, I just, the power being so low makes me wonder if he'll ever get a chance from an organization. In just a minute, I want to get to uh, some questions some folks have about the Southern League specifically, including some top prospects in a Sal Frelick, a Joey Weimer, um, and then a Jackson Reitz, an, uh, an unranked guy who's made some noise. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sports Card Investor. Welcome to the world of sports cards. Reimagine. This is the most powerful resource. If you are a card collector, you can quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. It's available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, and the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. So I've talked to a few uh, listeners who are using this app, who started using this app because of the show, and I asked for for input, and they said it's really great for going out there and seeing values of cards. Not every single set is in there, but they're constantly adding more. And you can track and you can see um, values as far as going up, going down for sets, for individual players. I actually have somebody coming on the show probably after the draft who's big into trading cards and prospects. And we're going to talk about uh, getting into the hobby. But then we're going to talk about like when prospects debut or when a prospect breaks out how the values of their card change versus how we in the prospect apparatus, as we talk about, how we rate those players. So, and Sports Card Investor is a great tool to use to check those values, see what things are doing. If you decide you want to find a good deal on your favorite player, you can go out there, you can put in uh, that player, see all the cards that are available, see some of the sale prices of what's happening right now, the values of those cards, track them as they go up and down. Same thing for the prospects. You can go out there. If you think a guy's going to pop, you think a guy's going to go off, you can go get his card now, let him let him explode, and then you can go out there if you want to ter- sell that card, you could. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. It's the first time I've gotten that without saying LinkedIn. Love it. Okay, questions about the Southern League. Jeremy on Discord asked for my questions or my thoughts on Joey Weimer and Sal Frelick, as well as their floor and ceiling. So, Brewers prospects here. Um, Joey Weimer is the fourth prospect in the system, considered probably the best power hitter, best outfield arm. I love Joey Weimer. 6'5, 215, 2024th rounder out of Cincinnati. I think he's a super toolsy outfielder. He's playing center field now. But I think you put him in right field, he's going to contend for all-star berths. Like, he's that good of a guy. Uh, Results in double-A, 72 games right now. 247, 323, 462. Nothing that screams amazing at this moment. 
Uh, 15 home runs, 23 or 24 on stolen bases, 99 strikeouts to 28 walks. So, uh, again, best power hitter in the system, plus, plus raw power. I think the issue you have right now with Weimer is his swing is really complex, has a ton of moving parts. He's done his best to kind of streamline it a bit, work out some of those extra pieces that he doesn't necessarily have to have, like had a big leg kick, replaced it with a toe tap, things like that. But it still has a lot going on in there. And so because of that, uh, he ends up striking out about 22%, which is more than you'd like. But it's manageable. And he's got good patience, good plate discipline, 13% walk rate. So he can, he can draw enough walks to kind of offset it. Um, plus runner, like I said, play center field now. Arm is an absolute massive cannon. I mean, 80-grade arm. One of the best... Considered to have one of the better uh, arms in the outfield in all of the in all of minor league baseball, so you put him in right field, you give him that arm as an absolute weapon. I think he's going to be um, a plus defender again, plus speed, surprisingly athletic for being a big dude, uh, and you're going to go well. And all of this was a fourth round pick that you spent one hundred fifty thousand dollars on, so you got to love it. Um, He's going to have those stretches where he struggles at the plate. He's going to make an adjustment and figure it out, but he's going to have those. He had one in 2021 last year. He had, he had to adjust mid, uh, mid-season. After he made the adjustment in 109 games, he batted 295, 403, 556. 27 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Like, almost a 30-30 year. So, he's going to be a little bit of a streakier guy on offense, but defensively, he's got the stuff. And I think in right field, He's going to be an absolute weapon. I like him as one of the better um, prospects in this system. I'd probably have him higher than this. The other guy that Jeremy asked about is Sal Frelick. I like Joey Weimer more than Sal Frelick. Let me get out that, that out there first. Frelick is rated higher. Frelick is the number two prospect in the system midseason. Um, he was a 15th overall pick in 2021 at Boston College. And he's a shorter guy, 5'9", 175. Uh, right now in Biloxi, he's batting 295, 356, 417. Two home runs in 36 games. Uh, four for five on stolen bases. So he's got plus speed. He's got good contact ability. Um, offensively, he struggles a bit. He can kind of get fooled on low pitches. He'll just chop him into the ground. And it works out for him for the most part because of his, of his speed. He's got really good speed, so he can outrun a lot of that. But... As he continues to go up the ladder, the def- the defenders get better, the pitchers get better. That's not a reliable uh, system to get on. I think his power is probably going to cap at 10 home runs. Uh, he plays decent defense in center field. Arm strength is kind of fringy, and so that's that's a concern there. And then the bigger problem that I have, and somebody reached out to me and told me about this. I've checked with a couple other people, including an active player, and kind of gotten some confirmation on this. He's not the best in the clubhouse. Um, they were on the road at a series recently, and um, I had an employee of the team, and I and I confirmed it with a player. Uh, little kid asked him for an autograph. He big time the kid, like like a like a ten year old girl asked for an autograph, and he big time the kid on the autograph. Um, the reports and three people told me the exact same wording, unprompted, said that honestly, he's kind of a dick. So. Something that you don't love to hear, obviously. Uh, it's a problem. And 
the thing that I'm concerned with when you have a guy that has that kind of mindset and that kind of approach to, to minor league baseball is when he gets into some sort of slump, when he struggles, how is he going to uh, recover from it? So one, how, what's, what's his mental state going to be when he's struggling? And then two, who on the team and in the organization is going to go out of their way to help him when they actively dislike him? So, uh, Sal, I know you're not listening. You have other things you do on your Mondays than listen to this pod. But don't big time a kid. You're not good enough to be a dick. Okay? Let's focus up. Let's remember this is a game. But let's also remember the reason you do this. MLB teams don't exist as a charity. MLB teams do this because they want to make money. They get that money from the fans. So let's remember our place in this game. Let's remember that kids like that are the next generation of folks who are going to watch this game. They're who's going to buy tickets. They're who are going to buy jerseys. They are the ones who are going to decide whether, like, pretty for the most part, what your free agent contract is going to look like. The better you are to them, the better your free agent contract has the potential of being. So let's remember our place in the game. And as always, don't be a dick. Also got a question about Jackson Reitz of the Biloxi Shuckers. And Reitz is a guy that is absolutely killing it this year. So uh, catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers in A, Third rounder in 2014 by the Nationals. He's moved around a little bit. But uh, 281, 390, 640 is the slash line in, uh, in Biloxi across 63 games, 22 home runs. And so the question that I got from AJ was like, he's not in the top 30. Like, what's going on? What is the issue here? Why or is nobody talking about Jackson Reitz? And a couple things going against Jackson Reitz. So, number one, he's 26 in double A. We talked on this show before about age isn't necessarily the be-all, end-all, but it can tell you something. If a guy is underproducing and he's old, like he's older than the average age in the level, you have a problem. Same thing is if a guy is younger than the level, it can give you a little more insight about how their struggles compare to the league as a whole. So he's older than the league. He's 26. He's supposed to be playing a little bit better. But he's never really had great power numbers until this. The best he had done was he hit 13 home runs in 96 games in high A in 2019. In his career, he's played 535 games with 55 home runs. So 22 this season is way outside of anything we've ever done. His career slugging going into this year was 392. So he is just significantly above anything that he's done in the past. Now, if this is real, if this sticks, I think you may see him start to tick back up into that top 30. Uh, for me, kind of profiles as a backup catcher. That's kind of where I see him. Uh, good blocker behind the plate. Good at receiving. Decent arm strength. He's a hard worker. He's a good teammate, which, again, South Relic, a lesson you should learn. And so that's something where that always helps when teams are looking at what should they do. Washington actually called him up. He played in two games for Washington last year. Um, had two at-bats, went one for two with a double and scored a run. So it's something where they, they, he, they had him in AAA. He was struggling in AAA. He struggled in AA. 
He still got moved up. He still got an opportunity to play. And I'd like to think that he's a good guy. He's a good teammate. That had something to do with it. So remember, when in doubt, don't be a dick. Great week this week, guys. Tons of stuff going on. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, go ahead and do that. Uh, we're going to be going live for the draft on Sunday. You want to find out when all that stuff's happening. So go ahead, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're very close to a thousand subscribers. If you have questions for the show, remember every Monday we do a mailbag off of your questions, except for next week. Next week's not Monday because I'm recapping the draft. Um, anyway, but I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us Locked On MLB Prospects at gmail.com. But until then, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.